Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. It is good to honor our dads. And it's not always easy being a, a dad. It's a, sometimes it's not even always easy being an adult. Um, in fact, we're going to do a series that we kick off today, and it's called How to Adult. And this series is not about just teaching people how to become adults. We feel, yeah, look, you're alive and you made it, so congrats. But we're talking about how to be a spiritually mature person. How do we grow and become spiritually mature? We think that that's a really important thing to do. Because how many of you know that it's so important for us, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been following Jesus for a while, it's important to set the right example. Amen. Amen. We've got to set the right example. If you're a parent, you already know this. You know how important it is to set an example for your kids to do the right thing so they never repeat the mistakes that you made, right? Well, you know, it sounds good in theory. Sometimes things don't always work out. Probably about six weeks ago, I was at home and we've, you know, the house that we are in at the moment, it's got a fireplace. It's got a little canara and I love fireplaces. Something about the atmosphere when a house has a, a fireplace in it. And so I, I just really wanted to get this thing going. I got the timber, we had the kindling. I put the kindling into the canara and everything was ready to go. But then I, you know, I didn't have any jiffy fire lighters. And I, I'd, I'd run out and I thought, uh, you know, but I was seriously, I'm serious about getting this fire going. So I thought, well, maybe I'll get some paper. I screwed up the paper and I put it in there. You know what? I thought that thing would just catch. It doesn't. Like A4 paper is hard to light. So, you know, it didn't work. So I was thinking, how am I going to get this fire started? I had an idea, but it was hard to execute because Sarah was home at the time. (laughs) And then she said, I've got to go out to the shops. I said, oh, okay. And my window had arrived. And so we both walked out of the house together. Sarah got into the car because, of course, I did not tell her what I was going to do because I knew she would be like the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, don't you do that. So I didn't tell her. And, and so I went down to the garage and I decided to get out some petrol. So I poured it into a little cup. Just a small cup because I know you only need a small amount. Now, guys, you've got to understand something. I know how this works. I know what happens. I know that it's not the liquid that catches fire, but it's the fumes that catch. I get it. So I know, I know. I poured the petrol over the timber and I shut the door of the canara. So it actually became kind of like a funnel, actually, as I did that. And Isaac said to me, "Um, Dad, can I light the fire? I said, no, mate, you better stand back. (laughs) So I got the flame and... I I leaned over and I started to put the flame close to the timber. And before I even really got to the Canara door, of course, the whole thing lit up. And I don't mind telling you, a fireball came out of the fireplace, right? And parted on my face. And I was like you know, just making sure that everything was okay. And Isaac said, Dad, are you okay? Right? And I said, yeah, but the truth is I could smell burnt hair. So I went to the bathroom to check. And you know, you might not know this because I try to make sure that you can't see it. But across my fringe, there's all these really short little hairs that I've got here. 
you know, and, and it even affected all the hair on my face. My eyebrows, um, to be honest, guys, even my eyelashes, were, they're a little bit shorter than they were about two months ago. And so all of this happened, right? And, and you know, I've got to be honest in that moment, I, I probably didn't adult so well, all right? I, I understand that. I knew what I was doing, sort of. And, and I, I probably didn't adult so well. But guys, on the positive side, I'm still a dad, you know? Um, here I am, with even though making mistakes like that, I'm still a dad, you know, got three kids, 13, uh, 11 and eight, and they're all still alive. They're alive. And we are very grateful to Pastor Sarah for making sure that that happens, you know? <laughs> so what's, what's my point is that sometimes on the way to being an adult, we make some mistakes, yeah? On the way to becoming mature, we make some mistakes and we can do that spiritually as well. Years ago, I, um, when I was probably about 20, 21 years old, I was working part-time. I worked in a liquor store and I remember stacking slabs one day. You don't have to think too much to do that. And so I'm, I'm thinking about my life and I've been, I'm in this weird season of life where I have finished uni but haven't really started anything else. It's this, this like lull section. And so I was thinking, I'm working part-time, it's not full-time, and I started to think, I feel, well, what if I wanna have kids one day? I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And even the mere thought of having children, I, I, like I didn't even met Sarah at this stage. I just started to think one day I might want to have a family and kids and buy a house. And I just knew that what I was presently doing was not gonna get me to where I really wanted to be. And I understood this. I understood that, you know, as I go on in life, there's going to be people that may depend on me, people that may, uh, I may influence. And that's kind of how influence or leadership works is that leadership and influence are really the same thing. And I thought, if I've got people in my life that are going to need me, I've got to start to do something with my life more than what I'm doing. There is a principle in life and it's this. If you want to lead other people well, the first person you need to lead is yourself. Mature people think this way. Mature people understand this. Parents, you understand this. If you want your kids to do the right thing, what do you got to do? You've got to set the example. You've got to lead them in order to get them to do what you want them to do because they're just going to repeat what they see you do. And so sometimes we need to understand this and think about this when it comes to our lives. I was teaching our interns on Tuesday and I was saying to them that just because you repeat something over and over, that doesn't make you mature. Just because you are experienced in something doesn't mean that you're getting better at doing whatever you're doing. You can expose somebody to the same environment over and over and over and they don't necessarily grow. I don't think that age and maturity go hand in hand. I don't even think that experience and maturity go hand in hand. Just, it doesn't work. Why? Because you need to apply what you hear in order to grow. Yeah? yeah? So it's not just experience, because there are people all over the place. We see this happen in church sometimes, where people could be going to church for 20, 30, even 40 years, and they're still spiritually immature. Why? Not because they haven't heard things that are helpful, but they just didn't apply the things that they heard. And if we want to become more spiritually mature people, we have to apply the things that we hear. 
Why is it so important to apply the things that we hear? Well, because there will be times and seasons, and I would say this, there are moments in life where your spiritual maturity will be demanded from you in a moment. Every one of us have had this moment. This moment comes in different ways. This moment might be a sickness that comes to your family and you think, how am I going to handle this? You could lose your job, but your family are depending on you to put food on the table. How are you going to handle this? It could be sickness. It could be relationships. It could be financially related issues. But in all of those things, each one of us have had moments. And it's been my experience, not just personally, but looking at the lives of other people, that those moments are never planned. We never plan for these things to arrive it's just that one day life delivers a situation on your doorstep and you are required in that moment to respond. And how you respond in that moment will be a sign of how spiritually mature you really are. What will you do when things look like they're not working out the way that you planned? What will you do when a surprise knocks on your door? It's not what you wanted. How will you handle it? Do you collapse? Do you just throw in the towel? Do you, or do you respond with faith? We need to become spiritually mature people. So I want to read a scripture to you because the writer of Hebrews, most likely probably Paul, um, has written to a church who seem to be attending, but they're not growing. They're just going. And they repeat it over and over. What's the problem? They aren't applying what they're hearing. And if you were to ask them, do you know Jesus? That church could respond unanimously. Yes, we know Jesus. But there is a gap between knowing Jesus and applying his teaching to their lives. I, I'm, I'm convinced that you cannot become a spiritually mature person by just going deeper or reading or learning more. You want to know what real spiritual maturity looks like? It looks like the fruit of your life. Amen. So Paul writes this letter, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. He says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. You guys have been in church for years. You should be teaching this, is what he's saying to them. He says, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. What are we talking about? They're learning things. They're talking about doctrine and we're talking about fruit. They've got doctrine that's being taught to them, but they're not producing any fruit from it. Why? Because they're just hearing walking out and forgetting that they're meant to do something with what they heard. So it's not just that they're not, maybe they are hearing it and internalizing it, but there's no external evidence. There's no fruit in their life that points to the fact that they're growing spiritually, becoming more mature. I'm, I'm telling you right now, you want to find someone that's spiritually mature. It's not in how many scriptures they can re recite. It's how many scriptures they apply to their life. It's when they hear something that changes them and they don't just hear it and go, that's a nice idea. But they hear it and go, I need to make changes. I, I need to make changes with my life. I, I've just heard something that I'm not doing. I'm going to walk out 
and make a change tomorrow. That's what we're meant to do when we come together and we sit under the teaching of the Word of God. He says to them, you need milk, not solid food. When we talk about solid food, that's when people are asking for something deeper. Can we get some deep teaching? I want some deep teaching. Deep teaching. Do you know what's fascinating, right? Do you know what's really deep? Applying the Word of God. Like if you just think about the basics of Christianity, right? What are we called to do? Go out into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Look, let me just stop there. Let's just start with that, right? So if someone says, I want to go really deep, my question would be, well, when's the last time you shared your faith with a person who doesn't know anything about Jesus? Because you know, guys, that's really what the Great Commission is all about. And since we're all included in the Great Commission, how is that part of your life going? You want to go deep? Apply it. It makes sense to me. So anyway, he says, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. They're unskilled, not because they're not hearing it, but because they're not applying it. And then he says, since he is a child, which is a little insulting because they're meant to be adults. And of course, he's talking spiritually. Verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature mature." For those who have their, now if you've got your Bible today, you might just want to underline this. Powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is not the kind of good from evil that we could grab anyone off the street and say, hey, is this bad? Is this okay? Is this right or this is wrong? Right? Sometimes when the Bible talks about the difference between good and evil, remember that time he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you know, Sometimes the difference between good and evil is just discerning what is of the kingdom of God and what is not. There's a plethora of things in life. Gosh, I don't use that word very often. Plethora. There is a plethora of things in life right, that aren't necessarily wrong, but they are not of the kingdom of God. And what we're meant to discern is like, God, what do you want me to do? How many people do you know that are saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What's the next step? Do we buy a house? Do we sell the house? Do I serve in this area? Do we give this amount? We just need to be led by the presence of God. And if you want to be led by the presence of God, there's a little tip in here. Powers of discerning the will of God are trained and honed by what? Constant practice. So we're meant to apply it. Now this kind of stings a little bit, doesn't it? Stings, well, maybe not for us, but definitely to the people that it was written to. It stings, it's a little insulting because what Paul is saying is you need to grow up. You You need to grow up. When it comes to adulting, Spiritually immature people need to spiritually grow up. Our kids go to stay with my parents every Tuesday night. Sarah and I, we work in the office on a Tuesday together. And Sarah's works elsewhere four days a week. But on the Tuesday, we're, we're in the office together along with a lot of our staff. And since we're there, um, our kids get picked up from school and they have a night at uh, their grandparents' house. And they love going. They, they really do love going. But every, every month, at least once a month, there is, they get very excited. Like, and I noticed this. I could see it. And they're like, oh, right? So I'll pick them up from school on Wednesday or, or Monday or whatever. And I say, don't forget, tomorrow night you're going to your grandparents' house, right? And then there's this kind of whispering and commotion and excitement. Oh, right? Right? And I'm... 
knew that suddenly, like, I mean, like too excited, like they love you guys, but this is another level, right? Like too excited. I thought, what is going on? Why, why are they so excited? I said, guys, I know you're excited, but once a month you seem to get really excited. What is going on, right? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Grandpa, Papa, decides that once a month, he's going to take them up to the milk bar and he's going to buy them a stack of lollies, right? And so let's just call it Milk Bar Tuesday. And so when they realize it's Milk Bar Tuesday, it happens once a month, right? They get such a stash that it could probably last them the month, right? But they're not like camels. They'd consume it in a night if you let them do it, right? So they, they love it. They, they, they get back into the car the next day with bags of chocolate and lollies and all kinds of stuff, right? And my kids, right, they, I'm telling you right now, it's really interesting when you have kids and you start to grow up because things that your parents would never have let you do, <laughs> they do for your grandkids and you th for their grandkids. And you think, gosh, where was this when I was growing up? They don't care. As soon as their grandparents, they're like, all caution goes out the window. Sure, give them chocolates and lollies, give them whatever they want. Right? So, so this is what they do. And my kids, I tell you right now, they would eat chocolate and lollies all day. They would live on it if they could. But of course, you and I, we're a little bit more mature than that. We understand that they, they can't live on chocolate and lollies all the time, right? They, they, those little bodies need sustenance. They need, some, they, they need some good food because you and I, we both know that what you put in is what you get out, don't we? What you put in is what you get out. If we just fill them with sugar and lollies, what we get back is crazy, crazy kids. You know, like we got to, if, if we want them to grow in a healthy way, we got to be really discerning about what we put into them so that they can grow up and be healthy, right? This is exactly the same spiritually. Spiritually speaking, if you are filling up on the wrong stuff, what do you think is going to come out? We, we understand how this works. You remember that Peter, Peter uh, was walking to the temple one day and a beggar saw him and he's asking for money. And Peter said, what silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Now, you can only give out a what do you got? And he goes, oh, I don't have any money, but I tell you what I have been filling up on, the presence of God. And in that moment, he answered a much better prayer than what was being asked, a much better request than what was being asked. Why did Peter, how was Peter able to do that? Because he had been thinking about what he was filling up on. And he'd been filling up on the presence of God. So he didn't have money, but he didn't need money. He gave him something else. I tell you, you, you got to be careful about what you fill up on. For, for me, a couple of years ago, I remember I was playing basketball. It had been a, a really hot day and I had been busy and I hadn't drunk a, a lot of water, but I didn't realise that, hadn't thought about it. So I'm in the game and as I'm playing, suddenly my leg cramps up and I thought I've done my hamstring or my Achilles. It was, it was like something had snapped, like I, I immediately couldn't run. As soon as everybody saw it, straight away, time out, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting subbed off. They're grabbing ice packs from the center and like strapping them to my leg. They're like, you're gonna have to go and see someone. Looks like you've done something serious. Do you know what it was? It was just a cramp. It's like the worst cramp I'd ever, and I thought, this is serious, right? It was just a cramp. Now, if I had realized I was dehydrated, I would have made sure that I had enough water, but I didn't know. I wasn't aware of it. And it only became evident that I was dehydrated in a moment of pressure and stress, it actually decided to come out. 
It's the same spiritually. Depending on what you're filling up with, it'll become real evident under pressure. When life throws those moments that you were not prepared for, it will become evident how spiritually dry you really are. And what do we want to do? Well, we want to be spiritually hydrated all of the time because we understand that what we put in is what comes out. The series we're doing this year is called Overflow, or the theme this year is called Overflow. We understand the principles of overflow, that eventually what you put into you will multiply. It starts to emerge and it flows out and it comes out of you. Guys, you've got to make sure you've got the right stuff that's going in so the right stuff can come out. I'm watching a series on TV at the moment. It's called The Terminal List. It's got Chris Pratt on it. in it. It's awesomely violent. And so just let that be your guide. Um, no emails, thanks. And so anyway, it's, it's awesomely violent. And so I'm watching it and I'm telling you, this thing is so good. I could binge watch this and, and just watch episode after episode. But, you know, that would probably be, that's like lollies, isn't it? Like, it's just unhealthy. Because if I just keep filling my stuff, my, myself with the wrong things, someone's going to come to me and say, Pastor Ben, I'm really seeking God's purpose and plan for my life. Like, what do you think? And all I've got is the terminal list. That's like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I don't think I should be speaking to anyone if that's what I've been filling up on. It's like, you don't want to hear a word from me and that when I've, that's all I've been filling up on. That's not encouraging to anyone at all. So I've got to be careful about what's going on in, into my heart. You know why? Because I've got people that depend on me. I've got people that depend on me. I've got people like Pastor Sarah, she, she depends on me. Boy, is she so blessed. So blessed, right? Good answer, yep, yep. My, my kids, they depend on me. You know, they're, they're depending on me to do what? Well, yeah, sure, to, to lead them spiritually. We have these moments in our house. It's awesome to see these things beginning to unfold in our house. Um, Pastor Sarah wasn't feeling well during the week and our daughter, Eliana, she sees us pray and lay hands on all the time. So as soon, I didn't even know that Sarah was unwell. She just told Eliana, I'm not feeling well. She had a really bad headache. And so Eliana said, oh, well, no problem. We just lay hands on and pray. She lays hands on Sarah. And I tell you right now, my daughter can pray like so good. And so she starts praying and Sarah says, it is actually completely gone. Like it's a miracle. Like it, this has been hanging around. It's gone. So Eliana, she's jumping up and down. She's excited. And you know why she's excited? This is the words that come out of her mouth. She goes, God listens to me. He hears me. He hears me. He hears what I'm saying. He hears me. He, I, seriously, she was jumping up and down. Like, like I, I knew it. I knew it. She had this moment, this encounter where she realized that she prayed, God moved and something happened. And, and, and it was awesome, you know, but like, you know, my, my kids, they, they depend on us to like set examples. They depend on us to, well, really do absolutely everything for them, like cook, cook dinners and, you know, get them to where they need to go, be the taxi on Friday night, Saturday night and every other sporting event that they have, you know, they, they depend on us. So it's, it's not just in, in the home or with family. Like, I, guys, honestly, I, I got a leadership team that depends on me. They're hoping that I'm listening to what God is saying. I feel like God's moving us in a direction that, that they depend on me. I've got a ministry team that, that are depending on me in some way because 
That's how influence works, right? That's what we talked about. That's how leadership works. That's how influence works. They're kind of depending on me. And whether you guys actually realize it or not, maybe you just come every week, but in some way, our church depends on me. Because I, I get up here every week and I'm going to say something and what I say needs to matter. What I say needs to make a difference. The series that we come up with is not just trying to pick some, you know, cool phrase or funny thing that's going to stick, you know, some three word, how to add all that. No, no, no. Right. We are praying over this because we want people to become spiritually mature. We're seeking God so that what we deliver on Sunday is what you need to help you grow, become mature. When we look across the, 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 the you know, preaching over the year, it's like, where are we going to lead people this year in different directions and different seasons? And when does God get the opportunity to just interrupt it with something that He wants to say? So you see what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, people, they, they rely on me. You're no different. People rely on you. People, you're influencing people in some way. It might be people in your workplace. They look at how you handle things. They look at how you handle situations. And those moments, they really pay attention to those. You know, as a father, I, I understand this. I, I'm not even going to ask the question. I know every dad in the room knows what it feels like to have the pressure of people in their lives that depend on them, their kids, their spouse. Like we know that, we get it, we feel it. We want to lead our families in the right direction. And I don't know exactly what your calling is today because I'm speaking to a room full of people. So there's any number of callings, but I'll tell you this. I know what God wants you to do. I can tell you with certainty in my heart that He wants you to become a spiritually mature disciple of Jesus. Yeah. I, know, I, know, I understand that. Yeah. He wants you to grow and become spiritually mature. You know why? Because when you become spiritually mature, you can actually start to help other people. If you look at the Great Commission, what, what, what is it to go out? Sure, heal the sick, raise the dead, disciple nations. Guys, nations. But if we were to just localize that and bring it back to home, start maybe with discipling your family or discipling your friends. You know, the thing about discipleship is this. You have to have a certain level of spiritual maturity in order to help those that you're leading. Because if you're spiritually immature and the people you're leading are spiritually immature, the Bible says something about that. It says, if the blind lead the blind, the two will end up in a pit. Avoid the pit. How do you do that? Well, one of you has got to be spiritually mature. And you know what I've discovered is that you don't, you don't have to have everything together, but the more mature you are, if you're a step ahead of other people, you can lead them where you've gone before. So we've just got to be sometimes a step ahead. And you know, if we become really spiritually mature, the more mature we are, the more people we can lead because we're further down the track. And I absolutely get this, that what God wants to do is not have people that come into church and hear the Word of God and walk out but not apply it. We're meant to listen to what we hear, discern the will of God and apply things that will shift and change our life so we start to produce some fruit in our life and people can see it and they can point to it. It actually inspires people so that they can become more like the example that they see. It's what we're meant to do as Christian people. You know, I love all of my kids equally. They, they are, they are am, am amazing and they are all growing up to be such awesome kids. But um, 
you know, when, when we had each of our kids, we realized something that they were all different. So I know he's in the room right now, but to be honest, Judah was like the easiest kid to raise. People thought we were good parents. We were just blessed, you know, like um, Judah was the kind of kid where I could look at him disapprovingly. I'd be like, and he'd be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you want, right? Yeah. Like as a parent, that's what you want. You just go, hey, bro. And he's like, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. I'll do something else, right? So, so that was what it was like raising Judah. And then we had Isaac. And I, so what I, here's what I want to do. I, I want you to know a couple of things. Number one, I actually sat down with Isaac, who's just awesome and has grown. And he's a completely different kid. But I sat down with him. I said, hey, I want to share this story. Would it be okay if I did that? He's like, yeah, Dad, that's fine. And I say that because... I, I, I want to be vulnerable, but that means sharing stories about my family. And when I do that, I think it's important as a people, um, as, as a church, that we make sure that we don't put people back in the box that they used to be in. And I want to make sure that we, we just get that. Um, because Isaac has grown so much, but man, he was tough. <laughs> like when, it, when he was, I remember when he was... Um, he, was, he couldn't even talk, but he could climb up onto the kitchen table and like we just find him eating our breakfast. How did you get up there? What are you doing? Like, you know, just, he was just always getting into stuff. And when you try to talk to him, he couldn't speak yet. I remember him getting really frustrated and, in, you know, just trying to point to things. And you could see that he was kind of agitated as he um, started to get a little bit older. Um, some of that frustration, I think it just kind of stayed with him. So I could see that he could get agitated easy. And so um, it, was, it was just difficult. I remember one time we were at home and it was years later and he was getting angry or upset about something and so he was yelling. And to be honest, I wasn't really that upset with him, but I just was trying to figure out how to parent him. And I'd say this as a total parent fail. I thought that here he is getting worked up and getting upset. I thought if I just be like really strong and I just yell a little bit louder. If I just dominate him just that little bit more, he'll suddenly realize, you know, that he's not the alpha male and, and it's time to, you know, take a step back. So what I did is I, I wasn't actually that upset, but I just yelled a little bit harder, a little bit louder than what he was doing. And honestly, he just matched me. And when that happened, I thought, I've got nowhere to go from here. Like, what do I do now? And I was kind of stuck. So I was praying about it one day and I said, God, what do I do with this? And this was my plan. I said, God, I've got it. Don't always tell God you've got it because sometimes he tells you whether you do or you don't, right? So I said, God, I think I've got it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break his will and I'm going to um, make him compliant so that he sort of fits in better. And God spoke to me. He says, don't you ever do that. He said, don't you do that. He said, what I have put in your son is there for a purpose. 
He says, you don't understand it right now, but that thing, that strong will is in him because there are some ministry things that he will do at some point in his life and he's gonna need such a strong will to do it. Don't break his will. I actually got the impression from God that I would not succeed in breaking his will anyway. So, so that would have been a total fail. I said, well, God, what do I do? He says, you just steer it in the right direction because what looks frustrating this way becomes your greatest ally when it's just pointed in the right direction. So I said, God, I'm adjusting my parenting skills based on your word. And I began to do that. One day he was upset and, and he'd done something that wasn't quite right. And he, he had to go to his bedroom. So I went in there to speak to him. And I said, Isaac, what you've done is naughty, right? And he got really upset again. You know, he's, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I said, what you did was naughty. He says, I am not a naughty boy. I said, what you did was naughty. He goes, I'm not a bad person. And the penny dropped and every time he was getting in trouble, he thought that what he did last was how I would treat him forever. And I realized what was going on and I thought, I need a, I need a shift in this moment. So I got down on my knees. And I, said, I said, buddy, come here, give, give me a cuddle, right? So I held him and I whispered into his ear. I said, you know, I love you so much. And he goes, yeah. And I said, but you can't do that again. He goes, I understand. I get it, dad. Instantly, he got it. He received it. Why? because I brought the temperature in the room all the way down. See, people can't think when they get worked up. They, they're too frustrated. Like, logic doesn't apply. The temperature came right down, and I said the exact same thing. He just felt loved. He felt like I wasn't branding him. And instantly, everything began to change. He changed, and he continues to grow, and, and is, is continuing to grow into the person that God wants him to be. But for me, when I, when I got that, all the fruit that I saw in that relationship and how he would shift and change, you know where it came from? A word from God. It came from a word from God. See, you may not have kids, but you all influence people in your life. And every now and then what you need is a word from God to help somebody from the season they're in to the season that they're meant to be in next. You need to hear something from Him. And in order to do that, we need to get a little bit sharp. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, if you gave me six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the ax. Guys, listen to me. On the way to becoming an adult, on the way to becoming a spiritually mature adult, if you want to adult well, you need to become spiritually sharp. Spiritually sharp. So what is spiritually sharp? It's that thing that we heard about where we can discern by the powers of discernment, trained by constant practice. God, what's the next step? God, where are you going next? What are you doing next? How do we become spiritually sharp? I love what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6. He said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That reward is not meant to be something that you get upon your death when you go to heaven. There are rewards for having an intimate relationship with God in this life. Many of the rewards that we get are things that He gives directly to us. 
This is the private devotion that brings public reward. And there'll be moments where people see you seemingly ace parenting, but they don't really get that what they see on the surface came from hours of prayer and seeking God. And then in a moment where you needed breakthrough, God spoke a word into your life that actually shifted the way you handled a situation or a circumstance. And this can happen anywhere. People might see you succeeding, but they don't get it. They don't get the the hours of prayer. They don't get the hours of discerning the will of God and this entire history and devotional life and, and being in the Word constantly that brought you to a place. So at a time when a moment would present itself under an inner pressure circumstance, you emerge as this spiritually mature person. But it didn't happen in a moment. The moment happened. You've been training for years for this moment. You've been developing for years, listening to God, setting an example, applying the things that you hear, seeing spiritual fruit come out. That's what happens when you live that kind of life. I feel like God has called us all to live that kind of life. The truth is sometimes we need strategy. Parents, we definitely need strategy sometimes. Sometimes we need strategy. Sometimes we just need to give a word to someone or minister to a person. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that? Well, you were so stuck. You tried everything. Guys, honestly, self-help books will come to the end. You get to the end of the pages and you think, I don't know what I can do. I mean, I've tried everything in the book. What you really need is a word from God. There's so much power in a word from God. It's not just knowledge. It's His presence that often comes with His words. Have you ever had that? Where you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you go, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And someone just walks in and says, God gave me a word for you. I think this is what He's doing in your life. And it just hits And your life doesn't look any different. But you know that He knows. And you've got enough tact just to change direction, just to shift. Might change the way that you think, but the fact that it was spoken out means that God is oftentimes shifting things. Man, what it is to have a word from God. What it is for Him to speak into your life at a moment when you need it, when you feel like you're absolutely desperate for it. Do you know that Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 tells us that God knows. God knows what we need. And spiritually mature people, do you know what they do for others? They've trained their powers of discernment and they listen to God. And then they take that word and they connect it to a need in another person's life. Have you ever received it? Maybe you're the person that's been the connector of it. When it happens, it's beautiful. I've had it. I've had it. When God just speaks something and it's like, I look at my life and I go, I am no different. My circumstances are no different to how they were 10 seconds before I heard that. But everything in me has shifted and changed. Man, that's so powerful. A word fitly spoken. 
Do you know the Bible says something about that? Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It's beautiful. And let me just translate that for you. It's not just talking about getting good counsel. It's, it's God's word. God's counsel. God's wisdom. God's knowledge just poured out in a moment when you needed to hear it. And honestly, you know what a lot of people need? They need to hear from God. They, they want to know what it is that God would say to them for the next season. I tell you guys, what a, what a privilege it is for us as followers of Him to be able to speak into the lives of other people. A word fitly spoken. Some of you might be here today and you think to yourself, I don't even know how to hear the voice of God. I, I can't hear Him. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I remember the time that I walked back into the church for the first time in over 10 years. A church that I was meant to be in. A church that my family were in. And, and here I was driving past that street. Had no idea there was a church down there. Just decided to find a church that morning. I drive past the street. No street sign, no church sign, no nothing. And I just feel like there could be a church back there. Guys, people don't feel, you can't feel that. You can't feel that. You can't feel it. And I'm not close to God. You asked me on that day, what's your relationship like with God? We haven't spoken in many, many years. I don't know. I don't know about God. I don't know about this God thing. I don't know about any of that, right? And yet I find myself doing a U-turn and driving back to drive down a street with no street sign to find a church I didn't know exists, to go meet my family I didn't know were in there, to stand in that very place. And God went to all of that energy and that effort so that I could hear the gospel, so that I would stand there and God would speak to me in that moment and say, I know and I promised you when you were younger that I would never leave you and I would never forsake you. And you tried to leave me, but I want to tell you today, Ben, I've never left you. I'm with you right now and I'm willing to forgive you and I'll take you back and I'll restore your life and I'm going to bring you a hope and I'm going to bring you a future. And I, I stood in that place to listen to all of that. How did God get me from being in my car and driving past the street to standing in that very place? I would have told you I cannot hear the voice of God. And somehow He got me from there to here. Why? So I could hear a word fitly spoken. Like apples of gold in settings of silver, it changed my life. It was the perfect word at the perfect time, at a time when I needed it most. I'll tell you the truth right now. You can hear the voice of God. Sometimes we think it's our thoughts. That's why, what do we got to do? We got to have our, what? powers of discernment trained by constant practice but even at the very beginning without even having that God was still able to lead me to a place where I would make a decision that would change my life can I pray for you today will you stand to your feet hey thanks for listening to the bright weekly podcast we hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services so to connect further with us head over to brightchurch.com